Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. First of all, let me say that our president has been an extraordinary leader. A substantial amount of time we spend together is in the Oval Office where I see how his ability to understand issues and weave through complex issues in a way that no one else can to make smart and important decisions. Well, I'm sold. I mean, if Kamala Harris thinks that Joe Biden has got the mind and has it all together. (laughs) I mean, if this great intellect is sold, who am I not to be all in on Biden mind 2024? Good Lord. The people who are going to bring back masks, bring back fear over COVID, you know, bring back and and push for more mail-in balloting. These are the people telling me that Joe Biden's totally fine. Totally fine. The same Joe Biden who is presenting the Medal of Honor to Army Captain Larry Taylor, who flew UH-1 Hueys and AH-1 Cobra helicopters during Vietnam, rescued a four-man reconnaissance team, is getting the Medal of Honor. He puts the Medal of Honor on the captain, and then inexplicably... Walks right off the stage. Crowd's not done applauding. The event isn't over. The photographer's like, where the heck is he going? This other woman, like in the third row, is like, did he just leave the room? I don't think he's finished. But of course he did. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know what he was supposed to do. All right, I put the medal on the old guy. Guess it's time to leave. I guess it's time to tell the Medal of Honor winner, well, nothing, because I left. But this guy's got it all together, right? He's just all fine and good as Joe Biden. Everything is just perfect. But the real story here is about masks and COVID. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Feel free, call in, be a part of the show. I don't mind. It's this school in Maryland, elementary school, that says they are going to bring masks back for children. Masks will be KN95s because those are going to be distributed to students and staff in identified classes or activities, and they'll be required to mask while in school for the next 10 days. You'll notice it says required. However, according to uh, a report, the Montgomery County Public Schools Spring 2023 mask policy is voluntary, except, quote, as required by CDC COVID-19 guidelines for isolation for individuals who become sick at school or are returning after the minimum five-day isolation period. So it's not voluntary. 
it's you you say it's voluntary just like just like when you have all these people say look the cdc makes re- recommendations and that's all they are just recommendations it's not just recommendations it's utilized to use the full force of the federal government on the american people and i bring this up because i i think people are going to be very afraid to discuss um the the idea of what's your plan How many of you, how many Americans said, oh, we're never going to do that again. I'm never going to let them uh, lock us down again. I'm not going to let them put masks on my kid again. Oh, no, I'm going to fight. Here you go. What's your plan? Masks at colleges in Atlanta. Masks at Lionsgate Studios in, in Los Angeles. Masks in elementary school in Montgomery County. By the way, one of the wealthiest counties in the country. You work in D.C., you either live there in Arlington, Alexandria, you know, those parts of, of Virginia, or you live in Montgomery County. I lived in Silver Spring, Maryland. I lived in Bethesda, Maryland. I Actually, just not too far from Bethesda, Maryland. Years ago. Oh, there's real money. Hoo-wee. Good government money. No, not by being a, some elected schmuck. No, no, no. By being a contractor or something like that. Being a lobbyist. Oh, the money is sweet. You, um, you, you are going to do what is the question. And, and have we asked ourselves what it means uh, to, to, to do what? I am reminded of the Declaration of Independence. Not the stuff that people normally read, but the stuff that people sometimes quote that I don't believe they give enough uh, credit to. After outlining all of the uh, problems with King George, and after discussing that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these are, you know, the thing. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, by the way. They end before signing this death warrant. I mean, this enti- the Declaration of Independence is a letter to King George saying, go die in a fire, you bastard. That's what they said. That's all it is. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the... I've never... Rectitude? I've never pronounced that word correctly. I still can't. I don't know why I have a block on it. Of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these are united colonies, that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states and that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states, they have the full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Not just words. 
This was their death warrant. They knew it. They said, okay. We're in this, guys. We are in this, and we are in this mother deep. We're going all the way. Well, now fast forward to today. How many people are willing to give up Netflix in order to ensure that their kids don't get masked up? That nobody puts another shot into their children or themselves? Give up Netflix. Give up your job. Homeschool. Deal with being called a pariah. Losing friends. What exactly are you willing to sacrifice? Because with all due respect, when I hear people everywhere saying, I'm not going to let them do this and I'm going to let them do that, I don't believe them. If I learned anything from COVID, I learned that America could be turned into a communist nation in about a day and a half. That's all it took. All it took was for somebody to try. And lo and behold, America said, hey, uh, we'll just sit here and await further instruction. You bet. You, 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 you bet. Supreme Leader. Oh, we can't go to church? We were, we were founded uh, on, on, a, on a principle of uh, uh, religious freedom. But sure, sure, as a matter of fact, it's totally okay that cops write down license plates of people who attended the church during COVID. No, 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 we won't go to church. That's fine. And churches and synagogues, they didn't have services. They, they, they all said okay. Any synagogue and church that didn't hold services was wrong, disgusting, shameful, shame on you. Shame on your rabbi and shame on your priest and shame on your chaplain and shame on whoever it is that we call them. They were wrong and disgusting. And the boards said, well, we can't be open because of this. Cowards. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. You wouldn't keep the church open. What makes me think that these people will actually stand up for their kids and say, no, 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 you're not going to school anymore. I know your friends are there. I know you're part of the show choir. I know you play football. I know you do this, that, and the other. Sorry. Sorry, I love you too much. We're not going to have this. We're not going to let them do this to you again. No. No, this isn't happening. And we're going to bring 50,000 people to the superintendent's office and we're going to explain to him how this works. We will throw you out. We're not doing this anymore. And we'll take 100,000 people and we'll bring them to the governor's office and we'll say, we're not doing this anymore. Oh, wait, that's not going to happen. You're right. So they're going to be able to do this again. People do not ask themselves what it is that has to be done. And I make no argument towards the idea of something radical. You notice the things I'm talking about are very simple. The answer is no. And if it happens in vast measure, well, maybe things will change. If businesses by the thousands say, we're not complying with this, things can change. You're telling me that the police all across the country can't prosecute the criminals who are stealing $500 worth of this and $900 worth of that, but they can all shut down the businesses that won't ensure that everyone's wearing a mask? 
that won't ensure six feet, that won't ensure that half the tables aren't being utilized. Oh, they got plenty of time for that. Hey, uh, cops, um, what is it that you actually think your job is? Law enforcement, what the hell do you think you do? Hey, judges, what's your plan? Put up with this? Do this? Subjugate the people with this? Or are you going to be a smart cop, look inside the restaurant and go, looks good to me, Tommy, and then walk on to the next place? What's your plan? This isn't adversarial. It's got to be me against the local police, me uh, against the local school board. No, no, no. It has to be us against the totalitarian freaks who are desperate to continue uh, uh, implementing harm on our children. On us as a society. Well, there's a new COVID variant because there's a new COVID variant. Hell, there's always a COVID variant. And therefore, we got to lock things down. But we're only going to mask for two weeks. That's the best thing about this Maryland thing. It's only for a couple weeks. Sure it is. I believe it was 15 days to to uh, flatten the curve. I believe, if I remember correctly, that's what it was. People have not asked themselves what it is that they're willing to do. On a very base level. Not a violent level. Not an angry level. But just a base level. No, nope, we're not putting up with this anymore. Superintendents try this. Superintendents get replaced. Teachers try this. Teachers get replaced. If we are not in charge of our lives, well, then who is? And do you trust those people? Because that's now where we're at. And we're going to watch all the people who talked real big about standing up. They won't. It must be understood that the people who don't want to leave you alone have learned that they don't have to leave you alone. And there really seems to be nothing you're willing to do about it. So... Here's your next chance as COVID insanity takes over the nation. You got to ask yourself what your plan is, how you're willing to change your life, what sacrifice you're willing to make. Me, it's going to be really ugly when I look at my kids who are pretty well adjusted and they do things in school and be like, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. You're not going. You're not going. Nope. This isn't happening anymore. That's it's going to be rough, but it's going to happen. When I walk into uh, uh, businesses and with 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 a clear mind, say I'm not I'm not participating. You don't want me, okay? I won't shop here. When I run my business. Run it as I see fit, not through somebody else's fear. Now, my business is this, and it's not a storefront. What will you do? I don't trust any of the people. I don't believe any of the people who are like, I'm not going to. No, no, no. Let's see it happen. And the time is now. I'm Tony Katz. Right now, as we speak, 
Brent crude is at ninety dollars a barrel, and West Texas Intermediate is at eighty-seven. It went over ninety dollars a barrel yesterday because uh, Saudi Arabia, amongst others, has said, um, "Yeah, we're going to keep our production cuts. We're not going to increase production." Thank you. Have a nice day. Oil was down at seventy something a barrel. Still not cheap enough. Just a few months ago. Now we're at 90. Gas prices will go up. Because the country that Joe Biden begged to produce more oil said, nah. And is still saying nah. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, what's going down? What's happening? If Joe Biden would just engage some energy independence, some energy dominance, some energy security, allow the drilling to take place, allow the United States to be an energy exporter, an energy creator of far greater proportion, we wouldn't have the problems we have. Energy costs are a huge part of our problem. Is it any wonder that this takes place and the Dow is down 233 points and NASDAQ is down 171? One of the concerns, the Fed isn't done raising interest rates. Well, of course the Fed isn't done raising interest rates. It's as if we don't listen to this show every day. All we do, guys, well, I shouldn't say all we do. We spend a fair amount of time going over it and going over it again, making sure we understand and we know it. We know it. There is Susan Collins. Susan Collins is the president of the Boston Federal Reserve. And her argument is we need a really patient approach to policymaking. Check out this quote. Overall, we are well positioned to proceed cautiously in this uncertain economic environment, recognizing the risks, the risks while remaining resolute and data dependent with the flexibility to adjust as conditions warrant. Um oh, oh oh okay I don't I don't know what that means. Overall, we are well positioned to proceed cautiously in this uncertain economic environment, recognizing the risks while remaining resolute and data dependent with the flexibility to adjust as conditions warrant. I'm pretty sure that means whatever it is you want it to mean. If that was asked as a question, it would sound like this. If a train left New York at 300 miles per hour, an accelerated speed 15 miles per hour, and traveled a distance of 683 miles, tell me, sir, what time would that train reach Chicago? Is there nothing Johnny Dangerously couldn't teach us? My mother tried to teach me math once. Once. That statement says, man, we really don't want to do this, but we may have to do this. Buckle up. We'll see. Good night, everybody. And the market responded by taking a look at that and taking a look at oil prices and going. I believe that's the Latin. I believe that's the Latin um, terminology right there. But don't worry, the Biden administration says everything is fine. The economy is just fine because, you know, Joe Biden's so on top of it or something. Meanwhile, uh, you got Republicans looking to run against him. What is happening in Iowa?
and what's happening on the ground. Polling, trust in polling, ah, that's never the case. But how do you deny when the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight polls all have Trump up by double digits? These national polls have Trump up at an average of 38 points over Ron DeSantis with the latest poll just coming out as of uh, August 31st, CNN poll, Trump 52, DeSantis 18, and both Haley and Pence at seven before getting to Vivek Ramaswamy at 6%. Of course, you have uh, people who are running for president who will tell you that these polls are meaningless. You say these national polls are essentially useless at they this are. point. You look at New Hampshire. Do you, what do you see when you're in New Hampshire? What do you see when you're in New Hampshire? Well, the latest poll in New Hampshire has Trump at 34, not at 52, has me at 14, not at 2. Um, and that means 66% of the people polled in New Hampshire don't want to support Donald Trump. It means that you just told us that you can't trust a poll. They're useless at this point, which is your exact words, actually, Chris Christie, and then told us, look at how well I'm doing in the polls. This is exactly the point. Who knows if they're right? Who knows if they mean anything? But they've got to mean something. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Craig Robinson joins us right now. He is uh, the voice of smart politics in Iowa. He has run the Republican caucuses uh, there in Iowa. Iowa GOP or Iowa G-O-P-E-R on the Twitter. Xbox has been long involved in Republican politics in the state. I take a look at the polling that's happening Um in, in in Iowa, and I say um, this is in every way a Trump runaway if I'm going to believe it. But really, the last poll was ended August 17th. The NBC News Des Moines Register poll, which you said you were not a fan of, that had Trump at 42 and DeSantis at 19. Trump overall with a spread of 26 points. Now, you weren't a fan of it because you didn't like some of the methodology that was used in in the poll. But you've never questioned whether or not Trump is ahead uh, in Iowa. After the last couple of weeks, uh, things have calmed down post-debate. What is the scene like in all 99 counties? Yeah, I think it's just it's just kind of calm, right? It, it's it's weird. I mean, there's no, you know, Tony, years ago, you were there with me. We went to, you know, Iowa straw poll. It was this big event where these campaigns had to put on display what kind of support do you have in the August before of the caucus. And and people it would force people out of the race, which is why people didn't like it. Uh, sometimes these national front runners wouldn't compete, all that stuff. But you had to put your cards on the table, right? Here's where I stand. I'm actually doing something and organizing in Iowa. And what's going on right now in this cycle, Tony, is that it's just noise. I mean, you have people, they come in and they have events and it looks right and it feels good. But there's, I don't feel like there's this moment 
that's out there that's saying, hey, I need you to support me, and we need to get organized, and we need to do this if we want to win. I just think we're kind of going through the motions here. And when you're going through the motions and there's a guy at 50% nationally or maybe 40% in, in these early states, what are you doing to turn the tables? And, and so, you know, this weekend we have the Iowa-Iowa State football game, right? Trump's coming, right? So it's, it's, it's built for Trump. He's going to come. He's going to, you know, he'll be the talk of the town. Other presidential candidates are going to be there as well. Um, it's really a nothing burger in terms of there's no speech, there's no that. It's just a spectacle. So it's tailor-made for Trump, and he'll get everyone talking again, you know, and then and then he leaves, and then, you know, we'll have these events with these other candidates. But I just don't think that they're really organizing for a grassroots victory. I think we are – I think the caucuses have changed in a way where we just kind of go through the motions and we're going to see where we're at on caucus day of, of, you know, where people line up, but I don't, are you making the argument? I mean, mean, forgive the interruption. Are you making the argument that based on your assessment, knowing these caucuses, knowing the people who, who do this, you know, every person from every County that people have kind of given up on this thing. Eh, It's going to be Trump. Can we just move on? Or or is, is, is it a different statement you're making? It's a different statement. I think what it is is that, in many ways, Iowans like like we like the the you know we like to meet all these candidates, right? We like to ask them questions and all this stuff, right? And so we'll show up to your events. What I'm saying is is that I don't think I think there's a healthy amount of people that are saying, look, I might prefer someone besides Trump, right? But I don't I don't think that's fifty percent of the caucus voter electorate right now. But what I'm saying is, is that these candidates, I think they they get lulled into, hey, I have these people turning up at my events. It feels good. It's right. I don't think they're taking the next step to say, hey, I need you to to sign on the dotted line that I have your support and that you're going to go out there and organize for me. I don't think the hard organizing is going on from these challengers to Trump. Um, I think they're playing the same game that Trump is. It's just, you know, it's, it's a media hit. It's, it's, a door, it's a paid door knock by someone from California. It's, it's a mailer in my mailbox. They can't win that game against Donald Trump. Donald Trump will beat them at that game. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a celebrity. He's a former president. They can't beat him at that game, but that's the game they're playing. If they want to beat him, they have to, get their, they have to organize deep in every county and, and do a turnout. I don't see any campaign on the ground here that's doing that level of work. And you can tell by the number of staff they have. Um, you know, the to... Romney campaign used to have 40, 50 people in an office building in Des Moines. I'd be shocked if anyone has 15. Talking to Craig Robinson, Iowa GOP, or spent many years running the Iowa caucuses. Is it that they don't think that provides a value or is the plan to run for second place and get yourself to New Hampshire and in New Hampshire where the latest polling is out, Trafalgar group uh, ending August 16th, Trump 50, DeSantis 11, 
Chris Christie at nine, Tim Scott at eight. Uh, it, it's it's Vivek Ramaswamy at ten percent in, in third place. There is that it. Hopefully, you'll get a showing in in the first three: Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and that allows you to be the foil to Trump. And you got to take it to Super Tuesday. Yeah, I just I just think if Trump, look, if Trump wins Iowa and New Hampshire, it's over. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's going to go to South Carolina. I get that. I get that. We're going to go to all these states. But it becomes even more inevitable than it is today. And so, you know, it's not like I think the play is I think there's a list of candidates that, you know, you have to you have to trip Trump up if you're going to beat him. And I'm not seeing that effort here. And 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 Trump's left the, the door cracked open because he's not campaigning. Right. He's not doing any of this work either, but he hasn't had to. And no one is no one's making life uncomfortable for Donald Trump here in Iowa yet. I have yet to see it. Well, wait, let, let, dis- discuss what that means, because I think for a lot of these campaigns, if, if we're discussing that that's what has to happen to make to be competitive, right? We're not talking mm-hmm. about liking or not liking Trump. We're discussing the politics of it. Um, how does that work in, in your view for Iowans? How do you make Trump uncomfortable? I, well, look, so the the reason this is tough for these candidates to do is because there's not an instant reward to be had, right? So, like, I think the only one who's close to doing it is is maybe DeSantis going county by county, right? Um, and I think that he has some, some geographical advantages on Trump where he can go to northwest Iowa where those people didn't support him eight years ago, right? This is where the, the hardline Christian conservatives are. Like, I think you, you, you've got to go through there, but you've got to drill deep, right? You've got to make sure these people turn out. You've got to make sure that they're talking to their friends. And so it's not good enough just to show up and visit. You actually have to have staff that's organizing, that's growing this thing. And, it's not, and that type of work, Tony, never shows up the next day in a poll. It's going to show up on caucus day. And, and I'm not seeing that level of work. I, it's more like it's splash and go. It's uh, we're going to roll into town, you know, put on a hoot nanny, and then, you know, maybe we'll see you next time. Uh, they have to do the – I don't see any campaign really doing the classic caucus organizing that we've seen other campaigns do in the past. Well, let's go the other way with this, Craig. Um, you and I have participated in, in events in Iowa, uh, panels mm-hmm. in Iowa, discussing why Iowa first. It was, it was one of my first, uh, uh, it was really my first time in Iowa, one of my first uh, sure. events really engaging uh, a, a detailed conversation about the fact that I don't think, or at least I, I didn't think then, that Iowa did, a, I think, a strong enough job in selling its story to the rest of the country. It, it was, you know, there's this idea of, uh, like, what we're seeing with, with New Hampshire, with the Democrats, and, and New Hampshire will not budge. Uh, Democrats want uh, South Carolina to be first. New Hampshire's like, uh, we're first primary in the nation. We don't care. We're doing it. And I think you got to go out there and, and sell your story. Are there Iowans? who are grumbling about the fact that how come these people aren't competing for me? What is what is this full aerial assault? In 2016, when Trump was doing the full aerial assault, although he did events in Iowa, of course, I was there for them. Um, right. uh, it, it, was, it was so novel because he was such a novelty that it makes sense. 
are there Iowans grumbling and people who are power players grumbling saying, whoa, 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 what is this taking us for granted nonsense here? Oh, we're losing you right there, having a little connection issue. Oh, sorry, buddy. Am I there? There you go. Talk to me. I'm sorry. Look, I, I, I think that, like, I'm concerned, right? But I think for most activists, you know, as long as the candidate shows up in town and they have access and they get to shake hands and take pictures, they're fine with it. I mean, I think I think you have to, you know, I look at what Ted Cruz did, you know, back in 2016. Um, and I and I believe this is what the DeSantis camp, which is many of the same people are trying to do again. Um but I don't know if Ted Cruz organized, right, um, and, and had a really in-depth campaign operation in every county in the state, or if they just kind of, they rode the wave, right? Trump didn't do the Fox News debate at the end. Trump kind of faded at the end. Iowans, look, Donald Trump at that point was a guy that you just, you know, there, there was questions. Is he, is he really in this to win it or not? That was when we caucused in 2016, and I think Cruz was the benefactor of 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 those doubts. Right, Trump didn't win Iowa. Well, now you know. Fast forward, there's no doubts in people's mind. They think Trump is serious about running again, and and uh, the media spends time shouting him down, saying that he can't win. Right, and a general, and they're like, well, wait a minute, he has won, you know, and and he's leading in all these polls, all the indicators. Say that you know he might be our best shot. So what I, I guess it's it's really complicated what I'm trying to get at here. But I think that there's I I think there's really doubt in all of these campaigns as to are they doing the work that's necessary to upend a former president, a guy who's won the you know you know won the presidency uh, and has done well in Iowa and and has the support of his base. Right, but you're talking about it. You're talking about it from the candidate side. I'm wondering if there's any level of of usurpation going on uh, from the constituent side. Is there a candidate that people like? Well, if he's not gonna gonna come here and campaign for me, I'll go vote for so and so. But your argument seems to be a little greater than that, which is no one's campaigning. And if no one's campaigning, what is actually happening? They 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 are campaigning. So. So the candidates are campaigning. The only one who's not campaigning is Trump, right? Trump's not doing the normal retail politics, but I don't think his supporters demand that of him. I think he has a different standard. And, and so, like, that would be my con- – that's my concern about Trump is that he's not here doing those things. The other people are campaigning, but I don't think they're organizing. I don't think that they – I don't think they're drilling deep and doing the necessary build-out to win on caucus night where you have to organize 1700 precincts across the state. You know, I think it's, I think they're, they're, they're in many ways campaigning like Trump is, except Trump doesn't have to go to, you know, the county seat anymore. I mean, he's a former president and I think the people are loyal. If you back Trump, you're going to back Trump in, in January. I guarantee you. So you don't see right now anybody making any kind of move. This is all just Trump's to lose, and right now no one's doing anything to even try and win it. Well, look, I, like I said earlier, I'll give DeSantis credit that that he has gone. He 
he's done the most extensive campaigning over the summer in the state, in my opinion. He's gotten around, and I think that I'm watching that. I think that matters, and I think that's why you saw in that register poll that his numbers are okay in Iowa compared to Trump. But it's like, how do you close that 20% gap? You know, how, how, how do you make this into, oh, my God, Ron DeSantis has a shot to win Iowa? I think you have to have a real grassroots component uh, to this to get to that level. And that's what I'm waiting to see. Craig Robinson, the Iowa GOP on the Twitter Xbox, Iowa G-O-P-E-R. The man has run many a Republican caucus in the state of Iowa. Craig, always a pleasure. Appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Counts. As a reminder, the election isn't the only thing going on and, and mask insanity isn't the only thing that's going on. The border is still a disaster. And we discuss immigration, but people missed this story from right before the weekend over at the Wall Street Journal. Clogged courts worse in U.S. immigration crisis. The number of people, the number of cases that the courts have in front of them regarding immigration. It's beyond recognition. In 2012, the U.S. had a little more than 300,000 open immigration cases. Right now, 2.5 million. So when people say, well, everyone gets their court date and most people show up to court, it's going to be five, six years before they get to the court date. When we say the system is broken, we mean it. So what do we do to fix the system? That we're going to be getting into in a few weeks as we do Border Week here on the show. I'm Tony Katz.